Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. If you could have one accent in the whole world, what accent would you have? Hmm. Honestly, maybe um, maybe a British accent. Really? Give me your best British accent. MIA, third world democracy. Yeah, I've got more records than the KGB. <laughs> so uh, no funny business. Did you uh, make that up yourself? Some, 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 I murder. Some, and some, I let go. <laughs> I honestly just want to be MIA all the time. I know. Can we have her on the pod? Like, is there more of an underrated icon? I don't think there is. Oh, she'll be on the pod next week. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't know it yet, but she will be. I loved her when I was 13 and I heard Paper Planes. I think Paper Planes was the first was the first song I heard by MIA. She's iconic. Maybe we should just shoot her a little DM and see what happens. I mean, that's what we've been doing lately. And we've been getting responses from all these people that we absolutely love. Do you think she'll still join after I try to speak like her? Or will she be like this girl? No, I think she'll appreciate the um, impersonation. And, you know, and she'll also want to come on here and show you how it's done. Right. And show you how wrong you were about your impersonation, you know, just by speaking the way she normally speaks. Oh, okay. That's, that's, um, I, I could do, I used to be able to do Aussie. Let's hear it. No, I, sorry. Um, one more time. Just, just like once how more. They, how, um, they say no. So it's like, instead of no, it's no. Yeah. But that's the only thing you can say. Like, <laughs> I was like, do an Australian accent. You were like, no. Okay, that's another thing. I'm not going to get canceled. That is not what I'm here to do today. Listen, yeah, we're not trying to get canceled. I just, I just, I just wanted to pinpoint the fact that you said one word, not in an Aussie accent, and then called the Aussie accent. Are you kidding me? I'm just kidding. Me, my sister and I always go, we'll do like a fake Aussie accent when we say the word so. So we'll be like, it's so sorry. funny. It's so funny. See, it's no and so. <laughs> Want to know a fun fact, guys? Yes. If we're please. speaking about Australia. Of course. When my parents were immigrating out of India, they were either going to move to Canada, the States, or Australia. At one point, I think it had come down. I need them to confirm this, but it had come down to Australia or Canada. And they were really ready to move to Australia, but Canada just came in first. So that's where they went. But I keep thinking, like, if my sister Marsh and I grew up in Australia, I would be saying no and sorry, and you wouldn't be making fun of me. 
Um, I'd still be making fun of you, but you would be saying no. And so I don't think we'd know each other though. Unfortunately, we wouldn't know each other. You know that our paths are aligned. So yeah, we would have met, we would have met virtually. Maybe I would have gone to school in Toronto. I feel like you underestimate me. I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) I underestimate your ability to find your way to me, which you did successfully in this lifetime. Who knows about the next, but Taylor Swift has this song called, um, invisible string I don't know if you guys have heard it I think it's on folklore I know Persis is already freaking out because it sounds like the kind of thing she'll like but basically the whole concept of the song is like you don't even know it but you have this like invisible string that's tying you to someone and you probably haven't even met them yet but there's just like this string that one day will get so short that you meet each other and she talks about like all the coincidences that happened in her and her uh, partner's life. I think he like heard one of her songs once somewhere before he met her. And for example, and it's like this little string that they didn't know was tying her to him. Isn't that Aww, sweet? But she's also like a global superstar. So all of us have heard Taylor Swift. <laughs> so we all have. an. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. I have an invisible string tying me to Taylor Swift. You're right. And that makes me feel happy also. But I think we have an invisible string. So even if you lived in Australia, you know, we'd we'd find each other. I don't know when. And I'd fly, what is it, 30 hours? Or maybe I would. I would love to go to Australia. I think, or I know we have listeners in Australia. And uh, if we came there, girl on girl, would you guys uh, hang out with us? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Please. Um, <laughs> so creepy. Uh, We also are thinking about maybe before Australia, making a little pit stop in Austin, Texas. And why do you say that, Sarah? Because, Persis, there's a person there named Kiki Perez, who we absolutely love and adore, and who we just talked to on this podcast, and who you guys are about to hear from. And he is amazing. He was on Netflix's recent reality show 20 somethings Austin if you guys haven't watched it it's really great it's like we talk about this on the show it's like a more wholesome version of real world it's like eight strangers living in a house all in their 20s trying to navigate career love life all the things I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started it but I had heard from a bunch of friends being like you should start the show. And I automatically just fell in love with all the characters and how genuine they were and the friendship and all like the real life things they need to go through. But I got to say, Kiki was my favorite. So having Kiki on our show was just like a beautiful moment. And I relate to Kiki in so many ways. And we were a little creeped out because Kiki and I are actually very similar in our Hey, coming out stories you and, and also, Kiki have an invisible string. I think Kiki and I totally have an invisible that's string. And sweet. now we finally met. Oh, that's really sweet. The reason why we wanted to talk to him is because if you guys haven't watched the show before, he is an openly gay man and he kind of comes out on the show. We talked to him about this. He has come out to some of his friends and family members before this in his personal life. But this is the first time he is like coming out, coming out. Like everyone is going to know that he's gay. And he has to come out to his roommates when he gets there. For most of the show, his whole plot line is him navigating his brand new outness and going to a gay bar for the first time and having his first kiss and going on his first date with a man. Like how purse would you, I feel like you would do that purse. 
you would come out on Netflix. I mean, I probably you would. You know, <laughs> like you and Kiki are the only two crazy people who would like be that open and honest and amazing. I mean, well, that's the other thing. Like I admire how courageous Kiki is. Kiki's going to be that person for another young Mexican boy who's figuring out his sexuality and the fact that Kiki was brave enough to do that and come out on such a global platform for others and for himself, but also for others. Like he's really impacting lives. I think that's incredible and beautiful. So beautiful. We need more Kikis. We really do. He's just that kind of person. And it's exciting to see like where he'll go next. We kind of hope it's like a Kiki spinoff. We talk about this in the episode. If you guys want that too, let us know. Um, We'll try to make it happen. It was a great conversation. And we're really excited for you guys to hear this one. And Kiki, thank you so much for taking the time. We know you've been hella busy and trying to answer all those DMs, you know, and then you you did get to us. So we really appreciate that. Thank you for tugging on our invisible string and uh and just for being you and we can't wait to see what happens next for kiki it's kiki's world we're all just living in it look at you and you're all white get up even like the wall is matching what's happening here Welcome to our podcast. I'm so excited. Uh... Yay. So are we. We're so excited to have you on. We're like very big fans of you. Big fans. 20 somethings was amazing. First off, can we call you Kiki? Yes, of course. Okay. (laughs) It feels weird not to call you Kiki having watched the show and being like, it's Kiki. Yeah, yes. you're like, who are these girls, first of all? No, I, right away, I, like, of course, creaked on y'all's Instagram, and I'm like, I yeah, loved it, and I love what y'all, like, stand for, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, so glad to be invited. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you, and we think our listeners are gonna just, like, go nuts, because... A bunch of them have watched 20-somethings, and we recently had one of the heroes from Queer Eye on the pod as well, so we've been, like, dipping our toes in the Netflix pool and just, like, loving everything that's happening there, so we're really stoked to talk to you about the show, but then also just about, like, you and who you are and what you're looking forward to in the future and all that good stuff. So maybe just off the top, for anyone who hasn't seen 20-somethings Austin yet, First of all, you guys should go watch it because it's so great. But second of all, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Yes, um, I'm Keanu Perez, or I go by Kiki. And I grew up in a small town called Joshua, Texas. And I moved to Arkansas to work at the University of Arkansas for five years. And then I was casted to be on Netflix, 20-something Austin, where I left my whole life to move to Austin and my big adventure is that I came out as gay at 25 the pandemic hit so I feel like really for a year kind of was like I was why don't even say I was when I say I'm out I said I was finally able to write on a piece of paper to a co-worker um so when I moved to Austin I was very unexperienced I felt like I needed a guidebook on like how to be gay and (laughs) I think uh, yeah. Austin kind of was that guidebook for me. And if you're wow. comfortable talking about this, like prior to coming out at 25, did you have moments where you realized like I could be gay? Like, do you remember that first moment? I I remember like 
I, this might sound like messed up, but I feel like some people can relate to it or um, just like upbringing is that I couldn't accept it. Like, I just remember like praying and being like, this isn't me, like, this isn't that really at that age, like 24 to 25. I just remember like every night praying. And then I don't know, like, really the switch. I just remember all of a sudden one night I was like, well, I think it's probably when I was turning 25. It's like, you know, you've been a quarter mm. of your life. I'm like, yeah, this is who you are. And like, it's okay. And that's when I guess I finally got the courage. I had a coworker who he was gay and I just, he was one of my best friends. And so I felt comfortable. He was, he had a partner. So I just felt comfortable writing on a piece of paper to tell him. And it wasn't really till a year later, I was able to start telling my best friends from home. So was that the first time that you came out, was writing on that piece of paper to your coworker? Yes. And I would say that year in quarantine, I finally was able to watch, I, I always talk about Queer Eye, the show, because I was so closeted that even the word queer, like I didn't want to be affiliated with it. Mm-hmm. And I was so, when I watched it, I was so upset. I'm like, how come all the friends that know I'm gay didn't tell me to go watch this show? Like, <laughs> Totally. What so were they cool. doing? Come yeah. on, guys. Look yeah, out for me was, here. Because it was just, you know, like these gay men interacting with straight people, interacting with gay people. And it was just like a life that was possible, you know. And that's when I guess I had the courage on to apply to be on a reality show. I was like, you know, I want to follow this journey and I feel like my life I kind of had at that point lived my life safe or kind of in a way where I wasn't being fully me so I was like ready to live life as my authentic mm. self so Queer Eye was watching that was a moment for you it was a big moment for me yeah um, a bit of a of awakening in a way it was and I will admit um because I think a lot of people even producers thought as soon as it got to Austin it's like oh, you're the gay one, or you're ready to do it all. When I was still very, very nervous, like, uh, before the show, like, I barely used the word gay. Like, yeah. maybe not even once a week. I remember even for my old job, I was over a dorm, and we give tours in the summer on Facebook Live just to show the students. And the host with me, just to be casual, was like, what's your favorite show right now? And it was Queer Eye, but I was too scared or nervous to even say that just because I didn't know, like, how the audience would think, or like, these are my future students, their parents. Yeah. And that was a moment. I called one of my coworkers who later became my best friend and um, she's a lesbian married. And I was like, Grace, I feel like such a failure. Like I hid this part of me. And she's like, no, she's like, you weren't hiding, you're protecting you. Like, you know, you still got, you still got to protect yourself. But I still remember that <laughs> moment. Course. I mean, we've talked on this podcast a bunch about internalized homophobia and it's not, a bad thing persists today as like a proud gay woman, very gay woman, still has internalized homophobia. So it's not it's not like anything to be ashamed of. It's something to notice and to reflect on, if anything. Yeah, give yourself that grace because we grow up in such a heteronormative society that we have yeah. so much unlearning to do. Like no matter where you are in your environment, it's still like instilled in us to almost think like, I know this is okay for other people to be gay, but I still feel weird about it or I can't accept it. So yeah, yeah, give yourself that grace for sure. And like, look where you are now. Hello. 
I know I laugh at that and it was like such a <laughs> short time like I'm telling you all this like I barely used the word gay once a, like a week a month and here I am like I feel like I use it every day I'm, like, <laughs> I have a pride flag on my insta bio I'm like this is crazy yeah you do like, who am yeah. I wait so you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but how old are you now I'm 28 Oh, wow. So it's only been three years since you wrote on that piece of paper. Yes. The strides you have made. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sir. Hello. What? <laughs> We're going to talk about 20-somethings, obviously. But had you ever considered being on a reality show before? Like, was that kind of in the back of your mind growing up? Yes and no. I, I used to... So my undergrad was communications, and I had focused on, like, broadcasting. And so I knew I wanted to like do TV. I thought it would be like television hosting, but I obviously took a different career path. I went down higher education and my friends, they always were like, you should do reality TV. And they watch Big Brother, um, but I was more of like Housewives, Kardashians. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. The day I actually applied, I applied for The Circle too. And you know, The Circle was known but this show, it, I didn't even know it was Netflix affiliated. It was just like major streaming. And I applied for both, oh. not thinking much about this one. And the next week I get a call and I was also job applying at the time. So I get a call and um, how they worded it, they didn't really say show. They just m mentioned Austin. I was like, what job did I apply for in Austin? Like, who is this? <laughs> I was like, wait, I was like, this is that reality show. I thought like, I didn't think much of. Wow. Okay. So you didn't even know it was a Netflix show when you applied to it. No, not until um, going into the show, a producer called me and was like, Netflix is really excited for you. And I had to act cool. I like, take your composure. I was like, wait, she just said Netflix. But I was like, don't act like, I was like, maybe she accidentally said it or maybe <laughs> like, so internally I was like screaming on the phone. I was just like, yes, ma'am. For sure. Like, yes. Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, yes. It was, it was wild. Okay, let's get into it. But first, I can't move on without noting that you and Persis have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. I was thinking that for really? sure. Really? Yep. Same as you. I went to school for journalism and broadcast. And like my main focus too was broadcast. And I wanted to be like a television host or doing something on TV. And I also want to say I came out as gay officially at 25. So I think we're like... Oh my gosh. Oh my the same person? I'm a little freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> are we soulmates? Can I ask how old you are now? I'm 26. Okay. But I identified as bisexual for many years, but I think the internalized homophobia part of me was very scared to accept that I'm in fact very gay. So it yes. took a lot of, it took a lot of years, but yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish that you would have done it in a note to me though, like Kiki did. That would have been so <laughs> wholesome. That would have been really sweet. God, a missed opportunity, honestly. Just in case anyone hasn't watched 20 somethings, just like a brief description of the show. It's essentially a reality show where eight strangers live in conjoined houses, essentially, two different houses, and they're just sorting out their lives in Austin. Pretty much all of you moved from outside of Austin into Austin. Like none of you were, like none of you know the city really correct, well. Correct, correct. And you know, some of you are like really focused on career. Some are more focused on love. Some are more focused on friendships. And you all come from different backgrounds, different places. It's like a very wholesome reality show. It's not like the catty kind of reality show. And there were even moments where I felt like 
you know, there might have been a little conflict and they tried to make it a little catty drama, but it ultimately didn't because you guys all were so like classic this generation of 20 somethings, like loving, caring, kind, trying to like see each other and level out. So that's what you walked into. The application process was, like you said, pretty seamless. You just, what, sent in a video or? Yes, I was actually, I feel like the more traditional, some of my other people, they, roommates, they were casted, like scouted. Um, but I just oh. applied online and then it was like Skype after Skype and different than my roommates. So most of them knew for like a month they were going to go. I got a call on a Tuesday that I needed to be there Thursday to oh start my God. filming. So, so quick. Yes, I was very like, what is happening? Like, this is wild. I thought I was an alternate. So I was just very shocked. Like, wait, this is like happening. And so you quit your job, right? Didn't you yeah. quit your job to go? Because they wouldn't, they were like, you can't just leave in two days. Yes, they, my, they, they were aware of me applying. So they knew this was potentially going to happen. Yeah. But we were like, you can do a leave of absence. I also never took vacations. So I had a ton of vacation days. But then, of course, that Tuesday, I called my boss. And then Wednesday morning, I'm supposed to leave Thursday. He's like, I'm so sorry, Keanu, but, like, we have to ask you to resign because there's no way. And that's why I was like, my, my apartment is where I work. So I had to, like, pack up my apartment. I'm, like, leaving Arkansas. I'm like, this is it. Like, there's nowhere to come back to. Like, this is wild. So bold of you, too. Yeah. I, like, such a quick amount of time to pack up your life and be like, okay, but I wonder if sometimes that helps because you just like have so much adrenaline and you're like, yes. I have no choice right now. I got to continue going. Right. You don't have time to second guess it really. It's just like gut, gut feeling, intuition. That night, I'm supposed to leave Thursday. So Wednesday night is like my coworkers came to help me. They had like left and I was like, am I making the right decision? And like, I had to call a friend. I'm like, I'm spiraling. I'm like, should I like not do this? Cause it was just like such a, like jumping off a cliff. Right? Yeah. I, remember that. I remember being so nervous. Well, yeah. Cause you're going on a reality show that's already nerve wracking, but not only that, you're going to be out and proudly gay on TV, which is like a huge 180 from what you had been experiencing prior. When you first got there, you, I guess you were the token gay character. But you had to come out to your roommates. Were you nervous about that process? Especially because some of your roommates are a little bit more manly man, macho kind of energy. That's how what they exude when you first meet them. And you're coming in as like the token gay kid. So was that a little nerve wracking? Yes, I like, I haven't told a lot. Like I, t before the show, I feel like like 18% of the people in my life knew I was gay. Mm -hmm. I, um... My coworker, I told them. And so that was like what I was most nervous for. I'm like, do I wait a week? Like get them to like know me. So then like, I would, you know, I would just face that like fear of like being judged. Totally. But um, the first, like what they use, I love that they used it was that Bruce, Natalie and Abby just provided like, I remember Natalie was just being so honest and so real about everything. And I was like, wait, Keanu, this is why you came here was to like put it all out there, be your authentic self. And her sharing everything about her family led me to be like, okay, this is everything. Something the viewers didn't see is actually that night we have a family dinner. And I was like super nervous to tell everyone. 
I just felt like I should since I told half the group I didn't want you know like mm-hmm. half the group to know and I don't know why I like I almost I choked up a little I didn't cry but it was just hard to tell everyone that night because we still didn't know each other like I felt like everyone had good intent but that night yeah. I remember it was just so hard to tell everyone exactly what you're saying is that you know I felt like they were going to judge me as being gay or, you know, I mm. lived in a guy's house, a male's house. I was scared. Right. I'm treated different now because I'm the gay one. Yeah, but you were just embraced. Like, they all embraced you. And, you know, of course they did. Like, what in what world, in what world would they not, you know what I mean? But it was so sweet, especially to see how Bruce, in my opinion, embraced you. Like, he was like your number one cheerleader in your dating. And then even when you had your family member pass away too, which was so sad, he was just like there to comfort you and support you. I feel like he was right out of the gate. Like, yeah, maybe a maybe a bit of like a bro, you might think, but like quite supportive and very loving. Yeah, it catches you by surprise. He had, Bruce had the biggest heart and exactly like I thought, you know, just coming out, they might treat me different. I felt like it's the exact opposite. It was like, we like love that you're able to share that with us. And like Bruce and I, we just share a bathroom. And Bruce was like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if me being gay would do anything. No, like Bruce still used the bathroom with the door open, still like opening yes. my room, <laughs> seeing what I'm doing, like always in my room. And I just loved him. You know, like he didn't treat me different. That's actually a good point. And Persis like, Persis actually mentioned the other day that she had sometimes wondered like if her female friends who weren't gay felt uncomfortable around her because she was gay like that's something that me as a straight girl I don't think about have to think about that and when you're roommates with someone trying to navigate that and make sure everyone's comfortable but also like do I need to make sure everyone's comfortable you know yeah I feel like that thought it came across for sure like when I first did come out but it doesn't stick for long when you realize like the people who are around you and they're just like you experienced with Bruce just because I'm attracted to the same gender doesn't mean I'm attracted to you you know and I think that was always something very clear I wanted people to know but my friends really they understood they never treated me different either so yeah yes I agree and then Abby identifies as bisexual and she told you that like as soon as you came out to her was that nice having another queer person in the house? How did that feel? Yes, it definitely was in the moment because like, okay, I'm not the only queer person here. Abby was a little more like, I would say hesitant to pursue that. It's just, I, I understand it's hard with cameras on you. Um, don't know how like people are going to react. So even though Abby was queer, she didn't really um, pursue that too much. So I wouldn't say at times, I would, I would like, well, it's fair to myself to say I did feel alone at times because I was like, no one understands like what it's like to be gay or like, right. You know, I'm going to these things and like, um, rain are my first gay bar in Austin. I was so nervous. And I remember <laughs> that looks so fun, fun, by the way. That it did look so fun. fun. Uh, I like go there all the time now, which I think is so funny. Um, <laughs> but they were, everyone was talking about getting my first kiss that night. And I was like, wait, like, do y'all not realize I'm like, shaking to even get enter the building like but I just realized they didn't realize where I was I guess mentally which I love that they're there to celebrate but they're like ready for me to swim I'm like I don't even have like gills yet like please (laughs) no baby steps 
Yeah. Baby oh my god i don't even have gills yet that's amazing that is a great quote that's how it feels i would imagine when you're a baby gay and you're like i don't even know what i'm doing yet i just decided to come out on tv like i don't know oh my god i'm laughing <laughs> thinking about it all it was like it was so funny but again i was like it's also like needed you know like teaching a bird to fly like of course i don't regret anything I was like, yes, there were times I felt pressured or I felt pushed, but I was like all positive. Like, right. I was crazy. Like if I never went on the show, I'm like, I might still like be closeted to many, maybe not even been kissed. Mm-hmm. My life would have been so different. Like it's just so wild to like think about. It's like very oh, iconic to think about that you were experiencing like your coming out journey through the show. And those like first, I think that's like very incredible. And I want to know, like, what was your first feeling when you actually did walk into that gay bar? Because you'd see so much representation and people just like you. I just remember walking in and it was like exactly what you said, representation of me. There's like drag queens. There's like, I'm not from the city. So I feel like it's a kind of bar you would see like a a normal like gay bar, but I've never been to a normal gay bar. And so I, I, um... I was like in the clouds. Like I felt like I was like flying and I was like, this is wild. Like head in the clouds, got no weight on your shoulders. Yes. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I almost want to say like the entrance of heaven. Cause there's like, I felt like there was like fog. So I remember like lights oh. and fog and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so like, am I in heaven? Like it was, it was just. <laughs> before you said amazing. that, before you said that I was going to be like, was it like heaven? Yeah, because it's just this energy and you just feel like calm. And Sarah and I always talk about how gay bars and gay clubs are safe spaces. Like it's so inclusive. You can literally be anyone and walk into a gay bar. Even Sarah as a straight woman, the times we've gone out in Toronto to gay bars, you've always felt very included. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I belong. I feel like I'm having fun. I feel like everyone's having fun. I don't have any insecurities or fears. It's just like a safe space. That all, yeah, all that went through my mind too. Cause I remember, uh, which of course a ton of stuff doesn't make the show, but we were like invited to go and I was nervous for all my roommates to go. Like I was like, I don't want them to feel pressured. Like one, I'm so glad, you know, none of them, like everyone was excited to go. And two, like they had so much fun. Like I feel like maybe Bruce even had more fun than me and that. <laughs> Yes, accepting like environment and I was so nervous I remember that night I shared my story with oh my gosh this is so weird but I'm friends with people I met like that night they never like make it on the show again but like they were listening to my story and I remember feeling so uh, I'm scared of being judged you know like I'm inexperienced I come out late but no everyone was like oh my gosh like that's amazing and surprisingly I've met a lot of people in Austin who similar came out very late and so it's just been amazing, yeah. the yeah. yeah, coming out late is extremely common. And we talk about this on the show too, like not everyone has a coming out story, you know? Like you can you can still identify as queer and have never come out before. So everyone has like a different story, a different timeline. I feel like there's not even really such thing as too late or too early. It's just kind of like you're just experiencing life at your mm-hmm. own pace, you know? Yeah. I agree. So was that night at the gay bar, was that when you met Cowboy? Yes, it is. Cowboy was cute. (laughs) I was like, 
if heaven has cowboys like this, like take me to heaven immediately. I remember, I remember first seeing him like across the crowd with his cowboy hat and I wasn't, I was like, no, like, and I think it was a no because I knew everyone knew at that time my type was like, I didn't know my type. So I always said either one, a farmer, a doctor <laughs> or an athlete. And so everyone knew yes. like I wanted a farmer. It was like an inside joke. We even had a bumper sticker that said farmers only on one of <laughs> our <laughs> That's amazing. That's um, so I amazing. think me right away, I'm like, no, because that's what everyone thinks you want. And then right. I saw him closer with a group of people and I was like, oh my gosh, he's like really cute. And then of course, a few drinks later, I'm with Natalie and I'm like, that guy <laughs> is like so cute. And then all of a sudden, before I know it, Natalie, my wing woman, she's bringing him to me. And I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Like, I'm Yes, Nat, of course she is. She gets shit done. She, she really does. <laughs> and you and you and Nat had like the best friendship in the show. It was just like instant and it was so great. It was so goals. It, do you guys did you guys end up moving in together or no? No, that's a, a long story. Well, not a long story, but um they didn't show when you watch the show, we, we get to look at apartments, but they didn't show the application process after we find one. We like right. Uh, you, there's a, which I'm sure it's major cities, but again, I'm not used to cities, income requirement of like three times, your salary has to be three more times more than your rent. And we only had part-time jobs. Um, oh. The show, um, you, you know, people didn't really know us from, the show wasn't out yet. And so we didn't make it, we didn't meet those requirements. We both went home for the mm -hmm. holidays. But right now um, I'm trying to, I live three hours from Austin, my hometown. So yeah. I'm living with my best friends and their two kids and oh, I'm nice. trying, trying to find a full-time job so I can move to Austin because nice. I'm there like almost every weekend. Like, Actually, we wanted to ask you about work. Like, do you want to still stay in communications and broadcast? Like, is that kind of your dream career? I have so many dreams, y'all. And I've been scared. <laughs> this might be the first time I like say them all. I did another interview and I was like playing it safe, but... Don't play it safe here. Don't play it safe on girl on girl. Nuh-uh. I met, I've just made some really amazing friends. I don't know if y'all seen The Circle, but this last week, I've been- um, Love The Circle. On season three, there's Matt and he is like, I'm like, why am I getting teary-eyed? He is the oh. biggest heart. And I don't know, have you ever had someone, best friends that are just so supportive. You're like, this is meant, this is like a best friend. And I met Courtney this weekend from The Circle season two, and they like made me feel like, um, I don't know if I can curse on here, but like- um, Yes, you can. They made we me feel like a bad you. bitch. And I'm like, I've never felt like, I'm not a very confident person, but I was left like, oh my gosh, like I'm a bad bitch. Like- Kikel, yes, you <laughs> are. Like, you were a bad bitch. You <laughs> came out on TV and you were just living your authentic self. Like if that's not badass, I don't know what is. So my career is like, they made me feel like I can do anything. And so the Keanu Kiki that thinks he can do anything, my dream is like, I would love to do E! News, like hosting, like entertainment show. Yes. I would love to have my own, um, I would love to do reality TV again, but also just hosting like any kind of show. I love clothes. My dream is also to now like open a store that sells, um, that's like a safe place for like anyone. But, you know, obviously the community and just like, if yes. you just see my clothes, I wear a lot of like crazy things. And I love just to sell, you know, like 
things that make you feel that you're authentic self. And so now I'm like, I'm going to pursue those dreams. Don't play it safe. Yeah. I am looking for like a IT kind of tech job just to get me started. But I would just say yeah. like, it's not my dream. It's just like my. It's just your paycheck. It's just your paycheck. And these are big dreams, but they are not impossible. And we here at Girl on Girl, we really believe in manifesting. And we ourselves have manifested guests that we never thought we would ever get. Like you, actually. It's a great example. Um, that we just never thought we would get. And we have this running joke where... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Where per Persis, Persis, if she thinks of a guest while in the shower, not in a creepy way, guys, just like shower thoughts, right? If she thinks of a guest in the shower, we almost always will hear from them within a week. I found oh that God. happen like three times. No word of a lie. Three times. It's weird. So by you saying all of these dreams, just saying them out loud, and this podcast is going to go out into the world and people are going to listen to it and hear your dreams, like that shit's going to happen. That's what we believe. Oh, thank y'all. I feel so supported right now. Oh. If y'all see me on the show, I'm just a very emotional person. I was not this emotional. I'm like maybe 25 years in the closet makes you this way. It's like making up for all the feelings suppressed. Yes. We say that all the time. Like queer people have so many emotions because we've been forced to kind of like suppress it for so many years. So when it comes out, it's overflowing. And I'm very curious. What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> It's You're another- going to be shocked. That's one of the most DMs and people guess Pisces or Virgo because I think I'm so emotional. But I'm like, I'm a Leo. And everyone's like, wait, what? I think that makes sense. I think so too. What are y'all signs? I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm very like stubborn and chaotic. <laughs> so you guys are both fire signs. We're both fire signs. That's why we get along. I always get along with Leos. And uh, I'm a Libra. So like very, I don't know, Libras are indecisive, adventurous, but they also love love. Apparently they're they're like the hard eyes. They have the hard eyes type of sign. And you do have the hard eyes curse. I constantly have the hard eyes. (laughs) Speaking of hard eyes, you had some hard eyes, Kiki, for the adorable man that you kissed for the first time on the show. And it was on a boat in the river. It was quite romantic, but also we couldn't help but all recognize that it was also staged and televised and there were other boats with cameras following you. So we just wanted to ask you about this first kiss and like, it's a big moment for you. And clearly it was somewhat constructed like, Okay, we, we know Kiki's probably going to kiss this guy. Let's, like, make sure we catch it. How did that feel? Like, the excitement mixed with the also, like, is this a little bit strange? Or is this, does this feel good? Um, I'm like, I don't know if people are like, Kiki, don't say that. Because I know, you know, the relationship doesn't end in, like, fairy tales. But to this day, that is one of my favorite days of my life. At this point... Well, no, this was only like week three, week two. I don't, I remember it's still very like, cause I remember after that day, I was like, oh my gosh, am I putting too much out there? Like, you know, yeah. it was just so personal from the start for me, but right. I felt like I was on The Bachelor where like this dream date, we're driving these little retro boats on this beautiful lake. We had like, we got to have alcohol and I was like feeding him grapes and. <laughs> so um, romantic. Oh my God. <laughs> You don't see it. That date was actually like a three-hour date, which, you know, is cut down to like, y'all see 10 minutes. So it was like... Yeah, you got to cut that. That's amazing, though. 
a lot of like great dialogue like that's what I like attracted to me to or why I was attracted to him he was just very intelligent he knew like everything about Austin like I remember passing each building and he'd be like oh this building was built then or this building stands for this or this is the highest build and like wow. I just love that he like knew the history I love like how charismatic he was um same kind of like cultural upbringing and yeah we made out a lot which you know they just showed up first <laughs> <laughs> you did yeah they only showed the first kiss yes and then also because <gasps> the cameras I think like we had to make out m more it's just like there's like two or three boats following us at one point there's camera people right like in the boat with the camera like right by your face and then there even was a drone they were using that day so it's just like <laughs> a lot of like cameras like it was crazy I felt like it was like I'm fast and furious like I couldn't even imagine I'd be panicking me too <laughs> I would have been so nervous it, it was wild but like I said it was just like beautiful moment and like sometimes I'm just gonna remember the rest of my life oh for sure I would absolutely remember that but like did you ever forget the cameras were around because you were kind of like focused in on the date and just really enjoying it yes I hope to be I or hope I'm always cheesy so I'm always like I tell people I warn them like I'm cheesy but there's always that saying you get used to the cameras and it's true you do mm. but also I want to give a shout out to um well for their privacy I won't say it. I'll say one of their names because I know he won't care but there's two people on the boat um who are camera crew and with camera crew you're not um you know they, they can't interfere because it's supposed to be reality so you're not really you don't really talk to them you're not allowed to right um but they're just two people right away I felt safe with and, um, you know, there were moments you didn't see, like, um, I actually was sick one day and Oscar, he surprised me. We were supposed to have a date and he like feed, feeds me soup, tucks me in bed. And like, those were moments where I had a quick second and like, wait, there's a camera operator in here. I'm nervous. Like, are they judging these gay guys I'm filming? But it's only for like a second. Um, I feel like I just said a lot on you, but. Um, no, no, no. This is interesting. Like, I, I'm just just the fact that like you get used to the cameras and then you remember they're there so that's the layer of like oh wow someone's filming me but then there's this other whole layer that you had to deal with of like oh yeah also i'm being gay on camera and i've never done that before and is someone gonna judge me exactly um like that all goes through my mind i just remember um bill was one of um he actually was like one of i'm gonna let me see if it's a, i don't want to butcher his title I just know he was a boss. Um, he usually wasn't <laughs> operating the cameras. He was like directing. Yeah. But because how the boat was set up, the camera people were kind of nervous. So it was someone else and him. And it was actually one of the only moments he operated the cameras during the whole season. So I felt honored. Wow. Oh my gosh. But he was on the boat and he was someone who's just like such a genuine heart that again, even though we don't talk to them, you just feel like safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. He actually worked on Ham he got an Emmy from working on Hamilton for Disney, but was like he, he was like amazing and he was someone in the boat. And again, I know he's like public, so I'm okay saying his name. Totally. Um, Give it up oh, for, for Bill. Sure. I feel like I've heard from um I don't know if you watch The Bachelor, but I've heard a lot of like past Bachelor contestants say that like the producer, you get so close to the producers because you have to just like spill your guts to the producers every day. And they are like in your personal life with you, very close with you. 
And so the producers become friends, but then also they have to be totally separate from you too. And we, you know, they have to be behind the camera. It's like this interesting relationship. Yes. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's not bad. I just remember the crew. I love all the crew like so much. I miss them. Um, Like at night when they would be leaving because the house had house cameras and then we had these huge cameras. So when they're leaving to go home with the huge cameras, um, them coming up and being like, hey, like, you're amazing. Like, don't ever feel pressure to do something you don't want to do. And like, you're like a beautiful soul. Like they were just so amazing. It's like, that was like my one minute I get to like interact with them, you know, um, cause they don't want to get in trouble. You know, I don't want to get them in trouble, but they really, really made me feel safe. Actually shout out to them. Like I stepped on and I wasn't only saying I'm gay to seven roommates. It was to like 50 people on set, but I yeah. never had a fear of the people on set. Like they, if anything, they made a force field of like, Keanu be gay. Like this is your like area. So I'm really thankful for them. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that you felt like so so safe with them too. Yeah. And I feel like it was reflected in the show. We've heard the show be described as like a more wholesome real world. And I think that's like exactly what it is. And kind of like I was saying earlier, it's not your like catty dramatic reality show. It is really like eight people who love each other and they're also strangers but they care about each other so much and they want the best for each other and they're all genuinely striving to be better people. It was, it's just like a very whole, I don't think, Purse, have you ever watched a reality show that felt like that before? This was maybe the first one for me that felt like wholesome. For me, um, yeah, the wholesomeness was real and you could tell like the genuine love for each other was there. The only reality show I felt like I thought was similar in that sense with the love was the circle season one. I know they didn't really like, they didn't meet each other. Like it was all through virtual, but I know season two and season three got a little bit more like dramatic, but I remember watching season one of the circle being like, whoa, all these people really love each other, but they're competing. I agree. And um, that's like, we were pitched, you know, all the shows about the, you know, they would always say, wanting friends to be supportive of each other, everyone on their own journey. And so I think, they really casted us. You know, I think it's human nature. There were, you know, like where we bump heads at times, but, you know, we were really, I think, casted as like a team to support each other. And that's why I'm like, I'm very thankful. Sometimes that we were like, is anyone going to watch us? Like we're, there's no drama, you know, it's all like, this is fun. Or we're like best friends. We're like, is anyone going to even see this? But thankfully people did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. You guys were on the top 10 on Netflix. It was so exciting. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to get in the top 10? I mean, I actually don't know how hard it is, but I feel like it's hard. <laughs> Must right? be very hard. Think about top 10. everything on Netflix. Like, it's a, such a big platform. And you we guys were, made it up I was there. nervous because we came out with like, well, you know, there's, there's like a lot of things. Every, there's always things on Netflix. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to do well. But no, like we made it up there and we all were like texting so excited. Like, yay, we're top 10. It's huge. Did you watch the show when it came out by yourself or did you have like a watch party or something like that? Uh, we and we didn't get to watch it till everyone else did. But our marketing team's like, you have to watch it when it drops because you got to be able to know what people are talking about in interviews. And so, yeah. Uh, it was just two drops and I watched it with my best, best friends um, nice. um, no from the show. So that was kind of weird because we all be, I would text them like, wait, like this happened or like, oh my gosh, did you see this part? Yet? Yeah, that'd be fun to be like, I didn't even know Abby did that or I didn't even know like Roxy was doing that. 
Yes, and I'm Central Time. So like Isha, she got to watch it. Like she could stay up till midnight. Where for me, it's like three or I think three or two p.m. So I was yeah. like, she would stay up. I would have to wait till the morning. So we were all like on different schedules. Oh my God, Isha! You know what? You should sell Isha's clothes in your shop when that you have your I shop. Would, yes, and I, I think I was gonna sell Isha's clothes, and then Roxy and Kamari also I think are working on their separate clothing lines. I was like, of course I'm gonna have their clothes. Yes. Okay, when we come to Austin, we're coming to your shop. Oh, thank so you. So whenever, yeah. whenever you open it, just oh, let us God. know. Y'all and then are we're gonna go to rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are manifesting that. <laughs> and Isha, talking about Isha, she taught me manifesting. And so that's like, she made me believe. And I've, like, I've seen it work. So like, I love that y'all do it. Because I'm like, Isha, I'm like, Isha. You get what you put out. Positive energy out, you'll receive. Oh Amen. Um, last question about 20-somethings. Just based on kind of what we've been talking about, about this like wholesomeness that it had. What is like the main thing you would want viewers to take away from the show? From the show living your authentic life and finding people that support you and this is even for if you're over 20s because I've had people DM me like I'm in my 30s or 40s and you know you've helped me like come out and so I don't want to limit it to like only in your 20s can you like do what you want but to me the show just taught like live your 20s literally today Roxy I was nervous about decisions Roxy like Kiana you can't like just live your 20s and so I feel like there's a lot of stress and I feel like um, even from my parents, like my mom's age, I would have four kids right now, married a job. And I think times are like very different now. So it's okay if you don't have your life, like, man, I should really be taking my own advice right now. It's okay if you don't have your life figured out. Like, you should, like just be living it, you know, um, live your authentic self and find people that support you because yes. I don't know, it just helps everything. That's Amen. Good advice. And, and live your 30s and live your 40s and live your 50s. Don't I take everything so, so seriously. They're like, I want 30-somethings. I want 40-somethings. I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Every yes. year, every age, you're still, it's never too old to start over or like find yourself. Amen. No. Um, Kiki, are you watching or did you watch And Just Like That, which was the Sex and the City reboot? Yes, uh, I'm on the last episode. Okay, I won't give anything away, but I think that just goes to show that like, they're in their 50s. Yeah. Carrie's podcasting. Miranda's. Miranda's. <laughs> I was like, she was a lawyer until now. And so I was like, Kiana, like, you're not even, you know, you're 28. Like, you still have so, I've lived so many lives. I felt like I'm like, you have so many more lives to live. Amen to that. Oh my gosh. It's so different from when our parents were growing up, right? It's like a whole different generation. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no rush for us. Like, no. the world is our oyster. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I feel like you're about to go on an exciting adventure. Like even you posted recently, you're going to be um, a panel host for yeah. a South by Southwest yes, um, uh, conversation, like stuff like that. Like these types of opportunities, I feel like you're going to be moving more into. And it's like so aligned with what you want and what you wanted even before 20 something. It's just like you unlocked a whole new part of your journey that you're about to go on. Uh, you're like you're right thank you (laughs) I'm like this is self-willing it's exciting it's exciting stuff is coming up and even just being like a brand new gay even though you know you're newly out but you're not a brand new gay but you're newly out and coming out on tv was a huge deal obviously was there anything that helped you prepare for that process and what kind of emotions came along with it 
preparing I can't really think of like I remember I didn't so actually my announcement I was going to be on the show was my social media coming out post um mm. and I like kind of what you mentioned earlier I agree on like you don't have to come out like you could just be living but for me it was like I always dreamed of like I don't know my, I think it's my age my era group like having that coming out post so oh, terrifying but also like such a moment and yeah. so it was just so exciting to finally put it out there and I was in a fraternity and I went to very like kind of country school university so I was very nervous how everyone that didn't know would react but seeing seeing people I thought would like unfollow me or be the most upset be the people that are the most supporting the ones commenting wow. that was just like so reassuring and then I received so many DMs, even to today, and I feel bad. I always try to tell people it's impossible for me to reply to everyone, but like, I like, I, that's what helps me. Like, I'll have very bad days and I go look at my DMs. I haven't made the joke. I'm like, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to finish like reading the DMs because people tell me the nicest things. I'm like, I do not deserve this love, but like, I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. That's so funny. I kind of hope you do that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> One day, a long time yes, from yeah. now, just save your favorite DMs and scroll through. Just do it. I'm surprised by the supporters. <laughs> I have um, so many like moms or couples will be like, you're my husband's favorite. You're my boyfriend's favorite. And I like that lights me up because I'm like, that is like making it such an environment. You know, like I love my people that can identify with me. But to me, I want to reach the other people that can be allies or supporters and for them to tell me that. That's what this whole podcast is about. You know, it's like, let's have let's have conversations between queer people and straight people. Like, we don't need to be two separate things. And it is also great that we're two separate things. Like, let's celebrate queerness as its own thing. But like, we can all learn things from each other and and find parts of each other in each other. We're not like two separate entities. Yes. Just back to the DMs, have you gotten any like surprising DMs from anyone that you wouldn't have expected? Like, ooh, good question. I'm always curious about that. Like, did someone reach out to you and you were just like, oh my gosh. Who, moi? Who, moi? Um, oh my gosh, definitely. Um, I still need to post about it because I'm like still in shock. There's a lot of people I was like, you watch my show? Um, I would say like the first person who was like, I feel like big on social media, her name's Krista Horton and she's an influencer, but she has like over a million followers and she posted specifically about me because I followed her and I was like, she was fangirling and I'm like, you have a million what? followers, like you are like an icon. Um, wow. And then Philip Picari, uh, wait, I just butcher his last name. Philip, he used to write for like Teen Vogue. He's like, such like an inspiration is I was in shock when he was like um you have a house full of gays in Palm Springs supporting you and I was like <gasps> you should uh, go visit yes, I'm like, I'm ready and bring to visit me him. and then recently this is gonna be a funny one but Grinder followed me and I was like wait I feel like I've leveled up in the gay world if Grinder <laughs> is following me on Instagram yeah you got like a gay gold star from that like yes, uh, wow. people um and then recently um there's this couple I followed even when I was closeted it's PJ and Thomas and they're just um a married couple and I follow them from uh, they also like decorate homes design homes 
but they've had a journey on like getting a farm, having kids and for them to like follow me, I was like, they were my inspiration when I was closeted. So it was just like such a whirlwind like experience. Like even that hasn't hit me. And yeah, very, very thankful for like the support. And there's so many people I'm missing. My late Kelly Raspberry, she's probably kid cry in the morning was a, my radio station I listened to for Dallas. Yeah, nice. She followed me and I was like, I was going to school listening to you. Like you are why I went to broadcast school. And wow. Sorry, I'm going on a rant. There's been so many no, but that's people amazing. I've been, like, in love with. Well, all these, it's like all these people that you admired and looked up to and have like brought you on this path now telling you that they look up to you and they love you. It's just so full circle. I, I, I'm extremely happy. I don't know like what else to put it. Oh my God. I just want to give you a hug. Like oh, you're just, yeah, me too. <laughs> I just want to give you a hug. Big I up. love hugs. I'm a hugger. <laughs> me too. So all these people that looked up to you and that you looked up to them. Um, we talk about this a lot on the podcast about LGBTQIA plus representation in the media, but especially BIPOC queer representation and how there's so little of it. And like Persis growing up, there was really, there were no queer brown girls really that she could look up to in movies, TV, nothing. So do you feel like if there was a little bit more representation, more people that looked like you who were gay in the stuff you watched or this, the, the world around you, do you feel like you might have been able to come to terms with your sexuality sooner? A hundred percent and even beyond to me, it's really um, sexuality, and it's also, like, even race, because um, something I was very nervous for, and I do get, a, I don't get that much hate, so I, I, I don't like to talk about it, because I know it could be worse, and I'm thankful for the love, but is that I'm not your, there is this stereotypical gay of, like, this fit Adonis man, and I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. that at all, you know, and mm-hmm. going into the house, you know, being on Netflix, it's like, it's intimidating, you know, it's like, um, you know, would people rather see, you know, someone more attractive? Um, but at the same time, I, like, I had Roxy and Natalie, we had like these really deep talks about this, and Isha, like, um, the reason I have these thoughts is because I didn't see anyone like me on TV. And so I'm excited, or I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to like set a new beauty standard, because like they've really helped me be more comfortable and like you are a beautiful Keanu and it's just because I grew up on TV not seeing people look like me or in magazines I don't think I'm beautiful when it's like no I'm given a position where I'm trying to change the standard of beauty and so mm-hmm. um, but I exactly I didn't you know I didn't grow up with even right now I'm trying to think of like a gay Mexican or you know even even trying to think of like you know, I think of like Mario Lopez, George Lopez, like, but that's still very few, Eva Longoria, but that's still like small pool of people I yeah. had to like look up to. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, none of them are queer. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right? On top of that, exactly. Or but even that... dating shows, like people are like, I think about the dating shows, I'm like, there, are there any, yeah, and I know there are a few, but it's like, we're not we're not represent. We are the minority, but we're still the minority, even in media. Well, growing up, I mean, I was seeing shows like Tila Tequila. Yes. As like a bisexual, like she identifying as a bisexual, but I also felt that was like a very sexualized show and it felt very like, 
it didn't feel like the bachelor even though i think that's what they were trying to go for but like the mtv version but that was really all i saw so yeah i don't know it's it wasn't like the the best representation i guess yeah to be growing up with right yeah I, yeah I even was um i don't know i get nervous i i'll be honest because i'm you know i'm very transparent and i hate yeah. this but it's just showing you know the internal but I almost was like embarrassed or ashamed of people to see me like kissing a guy on TV, you know, especially like my family, but that I'm so thankful I did it um, for that representation, but it is still at the end of the day, like hard, like in that, I don't know how to explain, do you ever get that gut or like nerves? Like, uh, like. Of course it's like you said, it's, it's still like such an unlearning process, right? Like all of this is so new and um that's also okay. Like, take that time. Yeah. And the also, so the cultures you come from, like, Persis is Indian, and she's talked openly on the podcast before about how she's very fortunate. Her direct family is, like, extremely um, supportive, but she has extended family that aren't at all and who basically think that she's wrong for being gay. And we've talked to one of our past guests was Umberly Gonzalez. She's Venezuelan. And her being openly out, she still has to face prejudice from people back in Venezuela. And I, I just think like it's kind of inescapable. That's going to happen. And it's all about like being the step forward, which you genuinely are being. You're right. You are setting in not just a new beauty standard, which is true. And I think that's so beautiful, but a new standard for like, Mexican gay kids you know what I mean it really is like exciting as hard as it is that feeling I could only imagine like it's you get to be the change I hate to say be the change like that but you <laughs> so embarrassing but you genuinely do get to be the change like how does that feel like has that set in or is it still kind of just I mean you just filmed this show so recently no I'm like you're making my eyes water because I'm reflecting and um, I think it's hard. I don't, I hate thinking like I'm being um, like vain. So I don't think I think about that a lot because I view it as that. But just right now, I'm like, it is so amazing. Like, not only America, but because I remember I used to say, um, the world is going to know. And I think it was Kamari be like, Kiki. I, I would say the America. I'm like, America's going to know. Like, we're going to think he'd be like, Kiki. He's like, the world is going to know. Like it's Netflix. And I yes. just yesterday like had a DM. Someone's like, my primos in Mexico, like love you. And I get, I'm, I think next week I'm going to be on a UK podcast. And so I'm like, I feel like, you know. He's global. Having, He's global. Yes, I'm like, it is amazing. Like, and then help people that are also like American, but it's also amazing helping people like across the world where maybe they don't have as much support. I feel like there are people in America still who, don't have the support they need but you know maybe 100%. other countries where people have less less support and so I don't I just feel honored and it makes me I'm like I need to do more and I, I've never been to a pride and I've already been invited to be like a guest at a pride I'm like this is crazy like what a flex like, that's so exciting truly like an honor um and again, I'm just like I look in the mirror and I'm like who am I I feel like a phoenix like that I like I've risen and Fuck yeah. <laughs> that is so beautiful. And it's so cool to see your journey happen 
on the show and just to continue watching your journey like thank god for social media we get to see like what happens in your life after the show ends like we never used to have that back in the day um we just want to ask you like one or two more questions about coming out yes what would you say has been in this whirlwind of a time the most exciting part and the most challenging part of being out on tv for the world to see and he's right it is the world because hi we're in canada and it only goes further from there i exciting is like i'm living this life i never thought i could live like I'm an out and like proud gay man. And like, I, I have my nails done. I know that sounds so silly, but it's like, I never thought I would. I can imagine me getting married to like a guy. Like that is so like six months ago, I never thought this was possible. And I have gay friends. Like I've been in settings with just gay guys and me. And I'm like, I have to hold back the tears, but I'm just like, I'm so happy. I cried on my way home this weekend because I just had such the best time in Austin and it's just the most amazing has been the support and discovering who I am. Mm -hmm. The challenging is that I guess continuing like there is like a lot of eyes on you and I'm scared of like which reality TV I think does to you is like I don't know what's next. We haven't been told if there's a season two. I haven't been reached out yet on like another show and so that fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be irrelevant. But I've just really like this mm. last few weeks have been like what you just talked on. Like, I'm going to use my social media to like live my authentic life, which I think a lot of people are supporting, but also some people relate to. And so right. I'm like, if anything, I'm continuing my story via Instagram yes. and TikTok. <laughs> and we want to see it, right? Like we, we want to continue seeing you just be you and be authentic. Yeah, we would love a Kiki spinoff. Like, if the producers, if all the producers that we love that we talked about earlier are listening, Kiki spinoff is what the world wants, is what the world needs. And all our other characters who we love, of course, they can come and hang with you. But like, this is Kiki's world. We're going to produce it. Should we produce it? Kiki's world. How great is that? Okay, Kiki, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for taking this time and chatting with us and also just being like so honest and transparent like we really appreciate that we think it's what people need like we need to all just open up and be vulnerable and it's really hard but like we do it all the time and we really appreciate like like maybe too much we do it every but week the fact every single week but you did it on netflix and you're doing it now and all the time on your socials and it's just it's really inspiring I'm like so glad I met y'all. Like, thank you for having me. I like appreciate the work you're doing and I'm glad to be like a part of it. And I hope to come on in the future. If y'all ever need another person, like I would love uh, to come talk again. Please. Listen, we would love a round two, especially once we start producing Kiki's World. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we'll have to promote the show. So you'll have to come on and talk about it. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Anything coming up that you want people to know about? uh follow me on instagram or tiktok trying to be my authentic self and then if you're in the texas area or maybe flying in march is south by southwest which i will be leading a panel about um nonprofits and their leaders who are under the age of 30 which usually those nonprofits don't have as much marketing as others and so i'm really help hoping 
to help highlight them. And so see me at South by Southwest. That's amazing. Do you know if that's going to be live streamed? I know that's kind of like a granular question. I do not. I have been messaged that a lot though. So I will need to find out. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on your socials because if it's live streamed, we would love to watch that. Yeah, we'll yeah, tune in. Thank you. Okay. Any more questions, Percy Buns? I guess um, one final question just to wrap this up, um, just because this has been like the most wholesome conversation and we love how vulnerable you've been. But if you could give one piece of advice to closeted Kiki, what would you tell him? It's going to be okay. Oh my gosh, I like, I get emotional. I'm just too emotional. <laughs> I'm just like, you know. We like, get it. There's, I literally was listening to, um, what is this song? I'm going to plug the song. Yes, plug it. I, I remember, and I don't know if y'all have ever been there when like life was so hard and I'm like, I don't know what's next. I don't know where I'm going to be. I'm stuck. And um, this song um is it's right here the sun is rising I remember I would cry because I was just like it cried in my bed because I'm like life's hard right now and I, I don't know if it's gonna get better and I listened to it on my way home this weekend and I was crying because I was like it's been a two years three years maybe from that so it took some time but you know it all gets better and so my advice is like it's gonna take time but you know if you pursue your authentic self you know Lisa least happiness. Yes. That's beautiful. Ooh, that's Let's so true. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, put it on a t-shirt. Get that tattooed. Ooh, maybe I'll get, get Kiki's tattooed. whole answer tatted on my <laughs> on my back. I'm gonna get the whole transcript from this podcast tattooed on <laughs> tattooed on my back. <laughs> um, Kiki, what the song is called? Rising. Who is it by? Oh, The Sun is Rising by Brit Nicole. And this is not so cheesy. It's off of there's a movie, The Other Women. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like, yes. But she throws that scene is so iconic to me. And that song just, I don't know, it resonates so much in me. Music makes me very emotional. So. I know that song. Wait, yeah. with Cameron Diaz? Yes. And isn't she like walking out onto the beach? Yes. I guess. Really, yes. That's yes. Hard. <laughs> oh my God. That, that, song, I love yeah, it. that song hits hard. No, it does. And it's like a turning point for her. It yes. is. True. Oh my God. Okay. We'll play it as this conversation rolls out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes. Thank you for letting me tell my story. Like, let it, thank you for letting me be vulnerable. Yeah. Of, of course. course. Welcome, ladies and gents, and everyone in between, to what we like to call, in case you missed it, this is a lovely little section that we do at the end of every episode. Y'all, core listeners, you already know, but just in case you're new, at the end of every episode, we talk about some queer news. It might be exciting news. It might be not so exciting news. Um, And today, I feel like it's um, kind of just news. It's like right in the middle. <laughs> it's like just news that we thought was really interesting. It's it's just interesting. It's it's not necessarily like we're celebrating. We're yeah. not mad. We're more just not like, mad. No, we no, just definitely talk not mad about it. Yeah, no, not mad at all. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> but we- we are trying so hard not to get canceled on this podcast, I swear. Okay, Sarah. 
Hey, Purse, tell, tell me, tell me, Purse, what is, what is the, in case you missed it, what are we talking about today? We saw an article on them, which is one of our favorite publications. And basically it was saying that eight out of 10 gay and lesbian adults are vaccinated against COVID-19. So it goes on to say that gay and lesbian Americans are more likely to be vaccinated against COVID than straight people, despite facing more difficulties in getting their shots according to new data from the Centers for Disease Control. Yeah, so the CDC did a, did a study. They called it the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. And they found that 83% of gay or lesbian adults reported being vaccinated compared to 73% of straight adults. And there's a whole bunch of more data that came with this survey um, regarding different parts of the queer community, bisexual people, trans, Black queer people. And the data was drawn from over 150,000 people. What it found mostly, other than the fact that queer people are more likely to get vaccinated, is also that there were huge disparities based on race and income level of whether people were getting vaccinated. So even within the queer community, although eight out of 10 queer people are vaccinated, if, the in, if your income level is higher, you're more likely to get vaccinated. And if your income level was lower, you were less likely. Um, and same with race. Black queer adults were actually less likely to have received their first shot than white queer adults. So it's really interesting to like see all this data and try to process it. And, and I don't know, sometimes with, I know that the whole point of data is to, to analyze it. Sometimes I wonder if it like needs to be analyzed, you know, like can the data, can the data maybe just exist and we just are like interesting, <laughs> mm -hmm. very interesting. But on the other hand, I do understand that like, for example, um, the income disparity, if that's causing people to not get vaccinated, like that's an issue that should be addressed. And there should be ways where we can make sure people who do have a lower income are still able to get their um, vaccines. And for example, people who have jobs where they can't leave between certain hours, they might struggle more to get a vaccine because they can't go to a place that has, there's no after hours vaccination clinic. That's a good example mm -hmm. of like, you know, like a lower income worker who might work shift work and they just can't get there to get the vaccine. Little things like that can really come into play when it comes to- um, The percentages of people yeah. getting vaccinated versus not, definitely. We see this in voting all the time in elections. So the data is interesting. I'm wondering, I have some thoughts about why this might be, why queer people are more likely to get vaccinated than straight people. What are your thoughts? Um, actually, I was just reading the comment section because I love oh, the comment section on them. You do love the comment section. What did it say? A lot of people are saying, of course we are, because we woke. Well, duh, because we're <laughs> smart. Period, sis. Not surprised. We know what uncontrolled viruses do to people. It's called natural selection. Look it up. Because we believe in science. <laughs> I love the comment section. Empathy. I mean, I don't know. I think for me, the reason why I personally, as a gay woman, wanted to get vaccinated is because, yes, I believe in science. I want to slow the spread. I want to make sure everyone's going to be safe. And I want to do my part for the community to also protect like the public health system. It's all coming from a place of wanting to help others. And 
also wanting to protect yourself. You're like, I also want to be like, I want to be good against COVID. But I am having a hard time kind of understanding the exact like differences as to why queer people are more likely, there's a higher percentage of queer people getting vaccinated compared to straight people. I'm, I'm really not sure. I have a thought and it's probably the most obvious thought. I, I feel like most of the listeners are probably like, uh, duh, but it politically, it just makes sense to me. Right. I listened to a podcast recently that was talking about politically how people are feeling about COVID. And if you're over here on the left side, how you feel, if you're over here on the right side, how you feel. And then if you're in between, how you feel about that. And the left, the more liberal side of the, the political spectrum, they believe in science. They believe in vaccinations. They believe in masks. They um, believe COVID is real. And so most queer people align with the left side of the political spectrum. It just makes sense because over here on the right side, the more conservative side, you have a lot of homophobia and you have a lot of religion. And so I think it just kind of makes it just politically, I'm like, it does kind of make sense. I'm just want to be super clear. I am not saying that every queer person is left a leftist. And I'm not saying that every person on the right doesn't want to get vaccinated. I'm absolutely not saying that. I just think that's probably a good explanation for why this is right. I mean, Mm -hmm. most queer people are quite liberal because they they're being suppressed by the conservative um, side of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, I never even thought about it politically, but that makes so much sense. Oh my God. Right. And yeah, this podcast I was listening to was basically just saying that they, they did a study as well. Just, you know, if you're a Republican versus a Democrat, how do you feel about COVID? And that's basically what they were saying, which I think everyone kind of knows, like it's a very split down the middle kind of opinion when it comes to COVID. And we don't get super political on this podcast. We haven't really talked about like vaccines or COVID or anything like that. We just kind mm-hmm. of just like to keep it like queer, queerness focused. But I mean, most queer people are going to align with the politics that support them and, and build Amen. them up. And yes, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. And most people who are more liberal believe that vaccinations are going to help slow the spread of COVID. Yes. I mean, this is my armchair theory for all of you. It's, it's science, baby. It's science. Baby. It's just a little bit of science. Science. And we're not scientists, but um, we do sense a little bit of chemistry happening. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know if we've made it very clear, Well, no, we have, I'm sure. But Sarah and I are very pro-vaccinating. Yes. We are, Vax- and we're not. Everyone get vaccinated. We're not afraid to say it. So yeah, if you are not vaccinated or on the fence about getting vaccinated, you know that is totally your journey. If you have any questions or want to talk about it, feel free to reach out to us. We'll probably refer you to people who actually know what they're talking about, like our friends who are doctors and working in the healthcare system, so you can learn more. But uh, I, I do think it's kind of badass that queer people. Are more are more vaccinated than straight people. The comments say it it's all, a right? Flex. It's a flex. It's a I fucking flex. I love my favorite comment was like empathy. Yep. Like yep. we queer people care like about other people so much because like they have had to face so much like 
what's the opposite of empathy? <laughs> apathy. They've had to face so much like hate and apathy and all that shit. Um, yep. And I, and we've discovered from this podcast and just like living our lives that because of that, queer people are way more empathetic for other people's struggles and other people's safety and mm-hmm. comfort. Yes. And that's what it all comes down to, guys, when you're getting this vaccine is you're protecting other people. And slowly we're going to, COVID is going to be a part of our lives, but we're going to slow the spread so we can go dance the night away and live our lives like we have been doing. Yeah. My other, armchair, my other armchair theory is that queer people are getting vaccinated more because they just can't wait to get out there and dance, dance the night away. Agreed. Um, at cruise and tangos. So like, amen, let's make that <laughs> party reality, please. We yes, just want to dance. We just want to dance. Like, just let us dance. Please soon. Oh, dance with somebody. With somebody. That's Persis's happy song. What is that? Your favorite song? What is it? No, but I used to say if I could listen to one song for the rest of my life, maybe it would be Whitney's I Want to Dance because it's just like hits you in Mm. so many different ways and you're always going to dance no matter what. Oh, baby. Yeah, I can't listen to that song and not dance. It's impossible. But my happy song is Float On by Modest Mouse. Oh, great song. That song will always remind me of you. Aw. Can we play that song as the episode rolls out? Because I feel like that really encompasses this entire conversation with Kiki. It's like, everything's going to, everything's going to be okay. We are on this, like, you know, rock floating through space. And all we can do is keep floating on and doing our best and being happy and finding love. And that's all we want at Girl on Girl podcast. We want to find our invisible string and we want to find love cute no we do <laughs> where do you think my invisible string is right now what do you think he's doing oh. what what where is he no I was just trying to think what is your invisible string doing I think your invisible string is I think she's like really deep in like a transformative time in her life And she's really doing a lot of work on herself and trying to figure out what she wants and manifesting and, you know, exercising, like all these things, working through some stuff so that she can come out on the other side, like ready for like the love of her life, romance partnership. So right now she's doing the work. She needs to be doing all of this because she just wrapped up season two of Euphoria. Yeah. Like it's been really busy for her and, you know, there's been a lot going on and, you know, euphoria is pretty heavy show and she, she has to let that go. She has to shed that. And, you know, the celebrity of it all as well, you know, exactly. Yeah. So, but she's doing the work, she's doing the work and then um, she'll come out on the other side and you'll be waiting there with your arms wide open. (laughs) You know what your man is doing? Your man. What what is he doing? I think he's doing some yoga on the beach. Oh my God. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) On the beach? Yes. Okay. So do you think he's like on the other side of the world? Like, or is he doing like a night beach yoga? 
Because we're recording this um, at night, y'all. <laughs> oh yeah. What time is it for you over there? Three hours. It's six. It's six fifty. So like, I mean, it's dark here, but he could still be doing some yoga on a dark beach. That's kind of nice. <laughs> the sounds of the ocean. <laughs> or maybe he's in Australia. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna predict that he is in Australia. He's journaling. Oh, he's journaling. Oh my god. Is he writing about me? <laughs> He's manifesting. He's writing about what he wants for the future and where he's okay. at right now. Right. His goals. His goals. He's goals. Um, <laughs> I can't talk right now, guys. You can clearly tell I'm drained. I love that. I, I can't wait for us to meet our invisible strings. And guys, we love you so much. If anything, I think our invisible strings are the listeners. Invisible strings are kind of like parallel lines, but hopefully oh. you meet. Yeah. Parallel lines. Love you so much, Percy. Love you, Kiki. Thank you for this conversation. You were the best. And guys, if you haven't watched 20 somethings Austin yet, go watch it. It's such a fun watch. It's fun to just like be in the lives of these people for a little bit. Um, and we will see you next week with another fabulous episode. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? So you never ever leave. leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for hey! you always. Mm. Should that be the rollout? Oh, there's so many options for the rollout song, girl. I'm going to leave it up to purses. It's going to be a surprise in five, four, three, two, one. Persis's rollout song of choice and play it. Just drove off some-